for thinking that we've been announcing ourselves as bi and gay. Yeah. I mean, uh, kind of correct. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, finally got to go to Denver this weekend. I did. Did a great time. I, I did. Spent um, more money. I thought I lost her cat. So <laughs> that was a, that was, woo. <laughs> Hire Taylor Hammond dog and cat watcher, please. Don't, don't do it. Her phone number is ah. 916. <laughs> I don't know the rest of it. 8675309. Oh, God. Anyways, it's, I was going to say it's early, but like, is it really that early? No, it's almost 11, isn't it? It's like 1040. It's early. Ten, oh, my dad called me. I got it. I gotta call him back. After the phone call. I love that I call my dad to like fact check everything. Um because your, your dad does all. My dad my dad knows a lot of shit. Which brings us to our next case. Back in Sacramento. <sighs> yeah. California's scary. Yeah, so actually two of the victims um my dad went to high school with when they went missing. And my, she walks over, grabs a blanket, walks back, stares at me like I just committed a crime. Um, but, yeah, my dad went to uh, high school with two of the victims, and um, they had, like, a huge memorial thing um, for a lot of the mm. girls uh, throughout, like, the junior year that they went missing. That's sad. Yeah. So, are you ready? <sighs> as ready as I'll ever be. <clears throat> so I want to give a qu- uh, quite a few trigger warnings. We're going to start out here. These do involve children. Ooh, you bitch. And I mean, like, they're, I mean, for children, I, I still see, like, anywhere under the age of 17 to zero <laughs> is, is zero. a child. Is a child. You're, like, that's it. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's, uh, a, like, rape, murder, like, there's drug use, so... Uh, if this is not for you, skip ahead. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead and debrief you on uh, the Gallegos. Are you ready? Um, no, but go ahead anyway. So we got Gerald Gallegos. He was born July 17th, 1946 in Sacramento, California. Old fuck. Yes. Uh, Gerald was the product of a long, long, long... Incest. Family of criminals. Oh. Yeah. I... DK I don't know on why the I, incest. Huh? I DK on the incest, dude. Oh. I don't know. I, I don't know why I was, like, kind of hoping that he was, He's like, an inbred. ancestral breeding, so it could be kind of more explained. No. None of this is going to be really explained. Great. So, his mother um, had, like, numerous boyfriends at the time um, of his childhood, and he was uh, beaten in his formative years, uh, and his mother became a prostitute, and he was actually abused uh, by a lot of her clients. Yeah. So, pretty sick. Uh, he often went hungry. He was dirty. Um, he was uh, always, like, 
needy for like attention. There's a fucking cat. Jade, if you're listening, I, I, he's, Is, he's walking better. <laughs> he's walking better. But I still need to trap this motherfucker. I'm tired of hearing him howling at the middle of the night. Yeah. Sorry. There's a cat that hurt himself, and we've been trying to trap him for some take, time now. To take him in. I want, him, I want to take him to the vet. Because... And then take him to a shelter where he can get adopted. Because literally, he screams bloody murder every single night. And I am... So I'm, t- I'm done. I'm done. I'm, of my, I'm done of my cat. My dog pouncing out a window in the middle of the night, and then me waking up because I'm like, we're getting shot. Like, that's <laughs> it. I'm like, I'm done. Anyways, okay. So like, he was very. He was a very needy. Gerald was a very needy child because he didn't have any physical affection or love given to him. Hmm. Uh, he had two half brothers, uh, David and George. Uh, David was the older one, and uh, George was the younger one. However, um, when the psychologist that he was working with when he was in prison was, like, reviewing all of his trauma, trauma and shit. Like, he, there was, a, there was like, a, a really awesome website that I'll show you. It was, it, it's a total timeline of his life and what trauma had occurred in his life. Okay. Uh, he basically said, like, he didn't really see his brothers as his brothers. He was kind of felt like he was just an only child. Oh, so, that's sad. Yeah. So, Gerald actually never met his father. And, however, everyone had told him that Gerald Sr. was an old-tempered man. And um, Gerald Sr. was actually serving time in San Quentin uh, when his son was born in 1946. Mm. And nine years later, he would become the first man to die in Mississippi's gas chambers. What did, what did he do? Um, well, he... When he was in jail, I, do, I couldn't find, like, what he went to jail for, really. Okay. But he was in jail, and there was, like, a jail break. Oh. And at, at the jail break, he actually murdered uh, two officers. You can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Um, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, so after, after like, Gerald found out, like, who the fuck his dad actually was, um, Gerald was always a piece of shit. And I feel real bad. No, I don't feel bad for saying that. Gerald was always a piece of shit. Um, he had minor scrapes uh, throughout his childhood, and uh, we'll go over them a little bit. However, at the age of, at the ripe age of 13, October 12th, 1958 he was sentenced to he was charged with some with some crimes here uh for having sex with a six-year-old oh how old was he 13 oh Mm-mm. yeah Mm-mm. like bud no no honey no um by the age of 32 uh he had been married seven times and twice to the same woman. Okay. Yeah. Um, however, he had outstanding warrants for his arrest that included incest, rape, and sodomy. So he was incestual. Mm-hmm. And we'll go over how he was incestual here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do we have to? Buckle your shit up. Gerald's criminal record began at an early age, like I said. Um, at the age of 12, he was placed in juvenile uh, probation for burglary. 
And then he quite literally, a year later, committed that act with a six-year-old. And he was placed in a boys' school in 1959. I did try to look up, like, what boys' school he was, like, placed in. Because I wanted to see if while he was placed in that boys' school, if he was caused any additional trauma. You know? Yeah. I don't know if you listened to the Morbid podcast about Albert. Mm Mm-hmm. But he was placed in a boys' school. And it wasn't great. Those nuns were fucking... I don't know. They should never. They sh- you should. You should have never taken your vows, sacred vows, if that's how you're going to treat children. How you're going to treat children. So, yeah. um, anyways, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of skip down to uh, Shirlene. Uh, and when I say uh, Shirlene was a piece of shit, please remember I strongly re- say Shirlene was a piece of shit. <clears throat> like Shirlene, Gerald had failed lovers, spouses, and was married to numerous women, um, but left when the money ran out. Oh. He also started sexually abusing his daughter. In September 27th, 1978, uh, his daughter Sally... Wait, uh, so Charlene's a man? No. But Charlene was also abused and, and throughout, like, her childhood. Oh. Well, not really through her childhood, but, like, Charlene, like, Charlene just had, like, a really fucked, warped understanding of, like, how love should work. And right. so, like, she would marry men for their money and then dip on them. Okay. But Gerald started sexually abusing his daughter, Sally, when she was, like, 14 years old. And Sally actually came forward and was like, he molested me. Mm-hmm. And she, she, that's, that's one brave young, young girl to yeah. step forward at the age of 14 and be like, no, that's, that's not right. This isn't okay. I, I really want to emphasize how fucking awesome that is because I know that there's a lot of young girls that probably, um, are scared to come forward. Yeah. So... So, um, Gerald never actually, like, divorced his ex-wife. Um, so, Charlene's marriage to him was never, like, legal. Okay. Because he was still married to his ex. So, it was a spiritual wedding. It was a spiritual wedding. He was Cody Brown and Spirit. Come to us. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. She's saying hypothetically. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? So, <laughs> on September 10th, 1977, a month before her 21st birthday, um, Charlene met Gerald at a Sacramento poker club. The poker clubs. It's always the poker clubs. And you know, when I when I like when I was talking to my dad cuz I was, I'm, I'm going to do a spooky place podcast, like, with you pretty soon. A spooky place? Yeah, I'm going to do it on a mental institution. Oh. I thought you would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Since we need to take a grippy socks vacation, we just can't afford one. I thought we could, like, live through the past. Live vicariously. Through, through others, it? yeah. Yeah. And, okay. like, their trauma. Great. Take on more trauma. I don't know if that's going to help, but... <laughs> so what called, could it hurt? I called my dad, and my dad was like, no, no, no you need to do the podcast on this. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, he goes, I was doing, so my dad's an electrician and a contract worker. And he was like, I was, I was doing a work for this lady, um, out in Fair Oaks. And 
she's an older lady and like this old lady looked at my dad and goes I live next to a serial killer and my dad was kind of just like all right like sick shut up you're you're demented like Like, I'm just trying to work I'm just I just need it let me just put in your ceiling fan we'll be good like I'll be out you can pay me Venmo me I don't care (laughs) and um the old lady goes no I know it sounds crazy it sounds crazy and he was like look her up look up Shirlene Gallegos and my dad was like, all right, whatever. Like, this bitch is, like, whack. And he looked it up, and he was like, now I feel real bad for calling old people whack. <laughs> and I'm like, you are old, but that's okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Anyways, Aww. so she, so Charlene had already been married at the time her and Gerald met. And um, they just, like, the creepiness just clicked for them. And um, a week later... She moved in with him. Red flag. Yeah. All right. So now let's go into some of uh, Charlene's background and history. Charlene Williams, uh, she was born near Sacramento, California on October 10th, 1956. So there is a huge, not huge age gap, but there's an age gap between them. Uh, Her father was uh, Charles and was a respected entrepreneur uh, who was vice president of a supermarket chain. So he had, like... Money. Money. And his wife, Mercedes, often traveled as uh, a business partner with him. So, like, they were just business partners and lovers and had a family together. Early school reports suggest that, like, Charlene was very quiet and shy and she had great attendance. So Charlene's mother, Mercedes, was hurt badly in a car accident and I'm gonna stop right here and kind of laugh that the mom's name was Mercedes and she got into a car accident but god damn it <laughs> I I hate no offense to any Mercedes or Lamborghini I'm gonna name my kid Subaru you, okay you're done <laughs> I just despise that name I despise people naming Name their, their kids after cars after cars <laughs> Are you saying that Suki you- agrees? Suki, you gonna name your kid Ford F one fifty? Yeah. <laughs> Say hell yeah, brother. <laughs> hey, Florida. Um. Anyways, uh. Okay, I might have to pick her up real quick. So if she wasn't put up. Taylor gave her a second chance. <laughs> yeah. We shall see how this turns out. Yeah. Strawberries. Second chances. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Pip, you don't like strawberries. You spit them out. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm needing. Oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So Mercedes was hurt pretty bad in this car accident, and she stopped traveling with Charles. And at that time, Charlene took over her motherly duties, and would often travel with her father on business trips. Um, oh. She was often like praised by like her father's clients for being like very intelligent, such a well-spoken child. Oh, that gives me the ickies. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, ooh, ooh, no, no, don't, don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But after high school, Charlene uh, was taken by drugs and, like, bragged to friends about, and I, and I don't, I don't like this at all, and the fact that you're bragging about it, I'm like, you are such a piece of shit. She would brag to her friends about sleeping with black people. Oh, and having black lovers. And I'm like, like, it's fine if 
that was her interest. Like, if she was like, I'm really into black guys or, like, I really like black women. Like, I think it's just they're better lovers or whatever. That's their preference. Yeah. Like, that's cool. That's sick. But the way that she was doing it was, like, gross. As if it was, like, a, a trophy. consolation prize trophy. Yeah. 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 If it, it was, like, a trophy. And I'm like, dude, like, you Yick. are whack. Like, you are whack. So, Charlene eventually married uh, a young, wealthy man who had a heroin addiction. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. <clears throat> so, trigger warning here. Um, he had claimed that Charlene was obsessed with lesbian sex and uh, bragged to him, uh, or begged him, to have a threesome uh, with her and a prostitute. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she was also using, like, a very, like, copious amounts of drugs um, and really stopped caring about her appearance, which, I mean, like, nah. most tweakers do. <laughs> yeah. When you are spending all of your money on heroin, meth, whatever, your drug of choices, drug of choices like, you really just... Don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. They don't even care about their kids. Mm. <clears throat> <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, her first husband hated that Charlene's parents uh, intervened in their relationship a lot. And so that's what he blamed their failed marriage on. And they got sure. a divorce. Yeah. Charlene's next husband was a soldier who Charlene described as a mother's boy. Aren't most soldiers are? <laughs> Listen, okay. In my experience, a lot of soldiers, Navy, mm-hmm. Army, whatever the fuck, they are mommy boys because they're far away from everything and everyone that they've ever loved for so long. I don't. Yeah, All the I'm, ones that I've been around haven't been mama's boys out of, like... I'm going to suck all my mom's tea, but, like, they just have mad respect for their moms. Yeah, like, well, that's my mama, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've, never, I've never met that side of them. I used to date a mama's boy. Um, Me too. And that was not healthy. No. Because... But he wasn't a soldier. Like, he wasn't um, a military man, but he would, like, expect, expect me to, like, wash... His underwear. Literally, I was just telling Kale about that yeah. the other day. Yeah, and like, I'm like... And his mom would expect me to bring him his food, yeah. do his yeah. laundry. Yeah. I'm like, no. Bitch. I'm like, I'm like, that's, that's funny, but like, this is like a partnership. But anyways, she grew bored of him and they got a divorce. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, he's a soldier. What the fuck do you want? Like, his, his job is literally to never be home. Yeah. Like, th- it's his job. Yeah. To, like, prepare for for war. Pretty. That, he's U.S. property. <laughs> Literally. U.S. property right there, honey. I don't know what you want. Um, and I'm not saying that, that in a disrespectful way. I think all, all soldiers are important. For sure. And, like, I, I just, like, I'm saying to, she's an idiot for being, like, I'm just bored. Like, And honestly, bitch. I think a majority of... Wives? No, I was going to say, like active duty veterans besides like the baby boomer generation would agree that they're just property because Kale's brother agrees that he's just property <laughs> well and that's that's you that's usually how like 
they are seen is because like they're just a number. Listen, bro, we could do a sent. whole ass episode on it. Anyways, um, so then um, Shalene had an affair with a merry man, and uh, he soon ended the relationship after she asked if they could have sex with his wife. <laughs> Yeah, I can see how that's a turn off. <laughs> After the breakup, she attempted suicide, but she survived. It was not mm. long after this that she met Gerald, and here we are. So he is not good at second chances. <laughs> She's not good at second chances. <laughs> she is up for now. So, anyways, on September 10th, 1977, this uh, brings us to the Sacramento Poker Club. Sorry. Sookie really wants to come back out now. And she's, she's like, Mama, give me a third chance. <laughs> no, girl. Um, so. Uh, la, 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 la. Okay, so <laughs> Gerald's, uh, Gerald was with, like, his latest wife. And um, Sick. Charlene, like, stood next to her and started, like, striking up a conversation with her husband, Gerald. Like, he was, she she went up to Gerald's wife and was like, hey, how's it going? And then looked at Gerald and just, like, started having a conversation with him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, um... I definitely, if I was the wife, I would not fuck with that at all. N- no, no, and, um, he, like, moved her in and kind of was like, all right, well, I'm leaving you. Fuck and, that. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, they just, like, fell head over heels in love with each other. And, um, Mm. she learned really quickly, like, to accept his, like, like, quirks and, like, (laughs) fall into, like, line with his fantasies. No, baby. You don't have... Oh, Jesus Christ. And, um, so they, like, wanted to build, like, a secret hideaway where they could, like, keep sex slaves. Yeah. This really reminds me of The Girl in the Box, and I'm not really here for it. That's also what it reminded me of. Like, when I was doing this, like, when, when as soon as they said sex slaves, I was like, oh, my. I was like, wow, this is giving me, like, Girl in the Box type of vibes. Like, I don't fuck with it. She was also kidnapped from, like, California. Yeah. Well, not kidnapped. She was Just Taken. Taken. Well, that is kidnapped. It is, she was kidnapped. I think it, she was kidnapped. And she was... Ha- Anyways, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Tr- huge asterisk warning, though. Huge. The whole thing. The whole thing. I made Viley watch it with me one day after telling her, like, it was a really good movie. Which it was. It is a really good movie. It was. Did it make me very sad? Yes. Yes. Did we have to watch Disney movies after that? Yes. Yes. All right. So, uh... <clears throat> Gerald liked rough sex. And Shirlene really responded to this. Like, she also enjoyed that. At first, their sex life was good, and they couldn't get enough of each other. Uh, Gerald uh, particularly enjoying sodomizing Shirlene. Okay, yeah. Um, But later in court, she uh, said that she hated it, and it was, like, a really painful experience. And I'm like... No, uh, shit. Yeah, you were sodomized, bitch. Like... Like, what do you, what do you, what, do you what did you think it was going to be? Him shoving gummy bears up your ass, like, and eating them out? If that's... <laughs> no, not the gummy bears. Sorry. Not the gummy, gummy bears. bears. 
Can I get a shirt that says that? Not the, not the gummy, gummy bears. bears. <laughs> Can I get his photo shoving a gummy? No. Okay. Anyways, sorry guys. Uh, so Charlene was a sexual submissive. Okay. Um, and she she was also pretty fucked in the head. Anyways, um, so in her sexual submissive role, um, she indicated that her dominant, which was Gerald, um, would pretty much do whatever he wanted to her, and they didn't really have, like, a um, safe word. And I think if you're going to have that type of sub-dom relationship, it's important to, like, have boundaries and um, guidelines. Otherwise, he's just, like, a sadist. Yeah. And which that's what he what was. what he was is he was a sadist he didn't want to have a consensual sub relationship yeah no right anyways Charlene uh was disliked in work and uh found to be like too flirtatious with her male co-workers um but she wanted a man who could like take charge and be dominant and Gerald appeared uh streetwise and very masterful uh, within a few weeks of meeting, the new couple had rented a house and moved in together um, after he moved her into his house. Uh, Gerald soon moved beyond flowers and chocolates, and Charlene accepted that he was more interested in, in his own sexual satisfica- like satisfaction and not hers. Clearly, babe. And Charlene was, like, Fantasized like she like was like just completely smitten by his like machismo and like holistic mm-hmm. fantasies. Like he would sit with her and they would talk about like their illicit family, like fantasies, not family, huh? Fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun <laughs> conversation. <laughs> That'd be awkward as shit. <laughs> Anyways, after they had li- uh, been living together for a few months, uh, Gerald brought home a sixteen-year-old dancer, and they had a threesome together. Dancer as in stripper or dancer as in, like, picked her up out of the ballet class? <laughs> so, when, it doesn't, it didn't really say, but this is what I'm going to hope. Uh, like, go-go dancers were, like, the rage during this time era. Great. Um, so, I was kind of like, oh, so, like, he picked up a go-go dancer and, like, had a threesome with her, and then, like, I'm like, ooh, budge, 16. Yeah, I'm like... 16, and crazy, crazy thing, crazy thing here. In California, 16 is age of consent. It's 17 in Colorado. And I'm like, that's not... 18, I'm sorry. You can argue with me all you want, but, like I said, from, from fucking zero popping out of the womb to freaking... <sighs> 17 uh, till eight, 18 to that cusp of 18 like you are turning 18 in two minutes you are a child in two minutes <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. it's like countdown and you're like oh shit 11.59 huh huh <laughs> like, and still even after 18 I have like older kids on my caseload who are over the age of 18 and I'm like shut up you're a fucking child like she doesn't actually say that to them. No, I don't actually say that to them, but I think that because I'm just like, no, you're a child. Like, that doesn't happen. You're a child. Yeah. Does that make sense? Great. Yeah. All right. Anyways. But um, you still look at me like a child, too, so I feel like... Well, I mean, sometimes sometimes 
Yeah, you're right. Sometimes I do look like look at you like a child. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be like, don't even yeah. try and lie. Well, I don't know, man. I'm just old. I I, I <laughs> sometimes sometimes I see those ki- the kids walking when we drive to work. I see those kids walk into the bus stop or something like that, and I'm like. Are you even old enough to walk to the bus stop? And I know they're going to middle school, but I'm like, Jesus Christ, where's your mom? Like, are you okay? Blink twice if you need help. Like, I don't know. They all just look like they're infants. Anyways. Yeah, it is It is weird. Like, when you grow up and you, like, aren't, aren't a part of, like, the K through 12 mm. Mm. genre yeah. anymore. Yeah. Everyone just looks like they're a child, five years old, and yeah. they're like, "I'm 16," and I'm like, "The fuck you is? Sit down." <laughs> sure, and I'm get, I'm fucking get, Betty White. Let's get, go. Get in the car seat. <laughs> get in the car, car seat. <laughs> anyway, so he had brought home the 16 year old dancer, and he had made sure that the two women only touched him and not each other. Ooh. After returning home from work, he found uh, he found uh, Charlene and the dancer in bed together and he was so fucking pissed he threw the girl out an open window oh and then he there's a cat outside i'm sorry i was like is that it nope it's a black cat though anyways uh and then after throwing this 16 year old girl out a fucking open window he turned and fucking beat the shit out of shirlene oh okay like he then Ugh. withheld sex from her, saying that he had uh, he had become impotent. Impotent? Impotent? Yeah, something like Imp- that. Impa- impotent? Impotent? Imp- impotent? That can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is impotent. Impotent. Impotent? I don't, bro. I know what you're trying to say, and that's all that matters, right? It, yeah, his dick couldn't get hard. Jonathan, if you're listening and Why you are we referencing Jonathan? Well, because they listen to our podcast sometimes, so if they have the correct pronunciation, oh yeah, will you let me know at work? Because like I'm, my brain's retarded, or Jade, one or the other. Let me know. Just let hit it, a bitch up. Hit a bitch up. Don't email me through that though. <laughs> <laughs> On this state email, <laughs> Taylor, it is actually pronounced. pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> um, in reality, though, uh, he was like most likely found her unattractive, so he was like being like. Yeah, I'm impotent. Imp- I can't. My dick can't get hard. <laughs> it is. It is as wet as a spaghetti noodle. And in reality, he just he did not find her attractive. But he found her attractive just fine, like a couple of days ago. I know, but that's before she cheated on him and fucked a girl. Is that cheating though? Is that cheating when like literally you had fucked both of them at the same time? Like I don't understand. My brains, we're not here anymore. In my opinion, mm-hmm. it's not cheating. If yeah. you are agreeing to a consensual threesome, that's not cheating. Uh, and anyways, so here we are. Gerald soon um, sodomized his own 14-year-old daughter uh, and her friend uh, after this situation. And um, he did so with Shirlene's knowledge. Are you getting chips? You're trying to be so quiet, and I love it, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I can hear the bag crinkling from a mile away. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so he's, 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 
my brain went just numb thinking about this. He sodomized his own 14-year-old daughter and her friend. There was a lot of um, sources that were like, Shirlene didn't know about it. She had no idea. The bitch knew about it. The bitch was in the home with him at the time. Yeah. She knew. How could you not know? Yeah. Like, don't, don't, don't even, don't even fucking, and again, right here it says, it is unclear if she was in the room, but she was in the same apartment as them. She was there. This suggests she had uh, the lack of consensus found in a sociopath. Yeah. Which, shocker, right? Makes sense. So, um... What, what did what did my dad say? I think bob, bob, bobbles, bobbles or something like that. Okay, so in Del Paso Heights in California, uh, there there used to be this bar that like everyone went to. Okay. Uh, my dad's friend, my dad's buddy Pete, used to like go to this bar a lot. <laughs> Pete, Pete, <laughs> and um, Gerald would go to this bar. All the fucking time. And I'm pretty sure uh, my dad said that he was working at this bar. Your dad was working at the bar? No, Gerald was working at the bar. Okay. And um, my dad and Pete used to go to Bobbles in Paso Heights. I can't remember if it was Bobbles, but it's spelled B-O-D-L-E-S. So Bob, Bob, people used to call it Bobless, but it's Bobbles. Anyways, (laughs) moving forward. Um, off the soapbox. Off the soapbox of Bobbles. <laughs> which was a bard in Del Paso Heights. <laughs> I don't know if you guys got that. Um, Charlene was suspected uh, that he was sleeping with one of his customers. And um, he was, like, now disinterested in, like, her sexually. He was kind of like, listen, like, it just doesn't hit you right. You don't, you don't make my dick go blah, 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 anymore. Yeah, you know, it's wetter than a spaghetti noodle. That has been soaking in a pot for 45 minutes. Um, when a couple... Uh, what? Hot cross buns. <laughs> Hot cross buns. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so the couple had been like together for a year by now um, and said that he needed um, a pair of love slaves to turn him on at this point. No. And asked uh, Charlene um, to kind of like go out and get them. No. Some sources suggest that she agreed on this because she saw his word as law. And some other sources said that, like, she only wanted to please him. And she also was, like, she's, all, like, she's also, like, pretty much on the cusp of, like, being bisexual and or a lesbian, maybe even pansexual. Mm-hmm. And so she was kind of like, yeah, like, this is also going to, like, benefit me. Benefit me. And so she agreed to lure teenage victims to their no. deaths. And we'll get into it once we get to, like, the trial portion of all of this. Um, but I get really pissed off for Shirlene because, like, the whole time that the trial was going on, she was like, he made me, like, he abused me, like, I was so scared. Bitch, you had so many opportunities to be, like, you're fucking whack. I am done. There's, like, 75 billion other people in this universe. I will find someone else. Yeah. Like, fuck you. And, like, don't get us wrong. I understand how hard it is to leave in an abusive situation. Trust me, I understand it. But at the end of the day, when there are so many ample opportunities for you to leave where he's not going to come looking for you. Also, and here's my thing. 
this type of abusive ad- of relationship was way different from like the norm, like not the normal, but like the physical, emotional, financial abuse that most right. of us are aware of, Experience. have experienced. Yeah. This was, he was literally telling her to go kidnap teenagers so that they can use them as sex slaves. And, like, I wonder if there was, not to give the bitch any credit, but I wonder if there is some validity. You know what I'm saying? Validity? Valicious? If anything that she's saying has some truths to it. Well. Because, like, you know how when people get kidnapped. Yeah. They get um, Stockholm Syndrome. Right. I I do think there's a part of it that may be Stockholm Syndrome and another part of her, I'm like, you're just as sick as he is. Right. Like, you're you're just as fucked up as he is. So, here we go. You ready for to go over our poor young victims who probably would have done really great in this world? I guess. I mean, I didn't find um, too much background information on them. I, I, I really tried to, like, dig deep and be like, okay, who are these victims? What did they like? What did they do? And I unfortunately just, like, I, I couldn't find that information. Um, however, we have... Rhonda Shuffler and we have Kippy Vaunt and those are the two girls uh, that my dad went to uh, high school with um, they went to Cordova High in Rancho uh, Cordova and um, Rhonda, Sh- Rhonda Shuffler was born February 12, 1961 in Bakersfield, California Kippy Vaunt was born and how cute is that name? I'm sorry but like Kippy? Yeah, that is like, cute. I'm sorry but that, that's adorable I love that Kippy Vaughn was born December 10th, 1961, in Claremore, Oklahoma. On September 11th, 1978, the two teenagers, 17-year-old Rhonda and 16-year-old Kippy, disappeared from a Sacramento mall. Shirlene lured them into her nearby van. Do you know... What Shirlene went up to these girls and said. What? Hey, are you are you gals interested in, like, smoking some pot? You want to go smoke some pot in my boyfriend's van? And, like, it's the 70s, so, like, I, all I can think is, at that time and in that situation, and, again, I hate it when it said, well, it was, like, of the time. Yeah. When, like, serial killers like this are, like, alive and well, and I'm, like, looking back, I'm sure hindsight's twenty twenty, and we're, like, no fucking way. But I can imagine, like, if, like, I was a 16-year-old kid and someone came up to me and was like, hey, you want to go smoke some pot? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. Sounds lit. Where are we going? Your house? See, I'm the exact opposite. (laughs) I would be like, fuck no. What the hell? But I also, like... I remember taking a joint from some dude at a party. And me and my girlfriend smoked it, and I'm pretty sure it was laced with Coke. Taylor. Yeah. So, like, I didn't say I was the smartest teenager. Like, I put myself in a lot of death situations, and I'm proud of you for being smart. See, I just... (laughs) And here's the thing is, like, I grew up when... And, like, when I was growing... Right when I was, like, hitting middle school, late elementary school, a lot of girls went missing. 
mm-hmm. right around my town. Yeah. And so I think that just kind of was like... It instilled fear into you. Yeah. Because you saw like, it on the news. You right. heard your parents talk about it. Like, yeah. And like this was back before like... People talked had, about it at school. Oh my God, did you hear like Kimberly's missing? Like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And like nobody had aux cords. So like all you would listen to on the radio is like... 16 minutes of news and then like six, six minutes of songs. songs and then back to news. So that's all that you would hear is yeah. about the kids Victims. that were missing. Yeah. yeah. So Shirlene lowered them to the van um, and a couple abducted them. Gerald used his handgun to threaten the girls, tied them up. Gerald then repeatedly raped the two victims throughout the night in Baxter, California. Gerald and Charlene sexually abused and raped Rhonda and Kippy throughout the night. And the next day, uh, they drove to Slogue House. I don't know where the fuck that is. I'm from California, and I have fucking never heard of that place. I'm like, what? Like, um, where uh, Gerald and Rhonda and Kippy got out of the van. He made the girls walk into a field... And, like the, like, the field kind of, like, you know how, like, you, you go onto the side of the road and it has, like, the dip? Yeah. Okay. Were you crashed your car that one time? Excuse me? <laughs> we're talking about Kippy and Rhonda here. Yes, we ain't talking about I hear me. you. I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, they all, they, they got out of the van and he made them walk out into the middle of, like, the field... And like beyond, like beyond, into the ditch, where he hit Kippy with a tire iron, and then swung it around and hit Rhonda. Mm. Um, and then finally, he was like, he shot the girls each one time in a head in the head with a twenty five uh, caliber pistol. Um, and as Gerald was like walking back to the car, he saw like one of the victims like twitching mm-hmm. and like moving a little bit, and. Uh, Later, it was revealed that that was Kippy. Um, Because the bullet had only grazed her skull, she was still alive. And she moved, so he turned around, went back, and shot her three more times in the head. God. Later on, like, during the trial, according to evidence, um, like, it was brought up and stated, like, it was for a fact that Shirlene and Gerald each bit different breasts. Like, they took a bite. What? Bit their breasts on one of the victims. So, like, Shirlene took one victim, bit all over her titties, took the other victim, bit all over hers, and then Shirlene bragged to one of her cellmates about how ecstatic the kidnap, like, how, how just amazing she felt after kidnapping, raping, and killing these girls. No. And and I think this is what pisses me off because like throughout the trial she's like yeah like I didn't do any of it like it, it was like I was forced like he he made me like my husband's an asshole like and I'm like bitch Your husband is an asshole but like so are you yeah but you're a fucking cunt like you literally just did this to a 16 and a 17 year old girl to a girl like what the fuck is wrong with you children children which brings us to our next two victims. And um, just kind of also buckle up for this one, nice and tight, because we have a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old. We have Brenda Jude, and we have uh, Sandra Coley. Uh, Brenda Jude was born on December 28, 1964, in Reno, Nevada. 
And Sandra Coley, a.k.a. Sam, uh, was born on February 22nd, 1966. I, I couldn't find, like, where she was born, um, but both of these girls were from Nevada. And you'll see throughout this case, there's a lot of crossover between Nevada and California. A lot. Because there's a highway, I can't remember what highway it is, but that goes, like, from California up to Reno. And I remember as a kid one time... My dad was talking, we were on our way to Reno, and my dad was talking to me and one of my friends, I think it was Cheyenne, we were in the car, we were driving, and he goes, yeah, two sick-ass, like, fucking serial killers way back um, in, like, the 70s and 80s would drop the bodies off through there on their way to Reno. Yeah. So... On June 24th, 1979, 14-year-old Brenda and 13-year-old Sandra were abducted from the I'm going to fucking kill this county fair. Washoe? 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 Let me see it. Washoe. No, that's not it. Washoe? 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 Sure. If anyone's from Nevada, let me know. Girl, don't know. Anyways, Washoe County Fair. Uh, It was in Reno, Nevada. And we have Brenda and Sam were lured into their van, and um, they were promising to like make some money. Uh, they, they promised these girls like, "Hey, come, come here, like come out here, like we we've got some things we need delivered. We can pay you for it. Like, will you will you do that?" And these girls were like, "Well, yeah," because the amount of money they were offering was kind of like quite a hefty load. It was twenty bucks each. That's pretty good. And, like, yeah, right now it's, like, not that money. And even back then it was kind of like, it's only 20 bucks. But, like, dude, 13, 14-year-old getting offered 20 bucks. So Charlene drove the van uh, northeast out of Reno on I-80. And at the back of the van, um, Gerald repeatedly raped the two young girls while Charlene watched in the rearview mirror. Mm. Charlene um, parked the van in a desolated area. Uh, which is now known as the uh, Humboldt Stink. In the next couple hours, Gerald, like, rested and then watched Charlene force the girls to perform sexual acts on each other. Gerald then took a shovel from underneath his seat of the van and um, pulled Sandra, or was it Sam? Yeah, pulled Sam out of the vehicle, marching her towards the Dry Creek bed, uh, and then uh, stepped behind her and swung the shovel. Charlene later would recall the sound, describing it as a loud, like a loud flat rock hitting mud. So, I, the girl sank to her knees uh, and then slowly toppled over and like fell on her face. Gerald then took. Um, Gerald then uh, took Brenda and um, brought her out of the car and um, beat her to death. He dug a deep hole, and um, the girls were naked when they were dumped into the shallow grave. And uh, he placed a rock over the grave and left them. Their remains were not discovered until November 1999. Jesus. Mm-hmm. By a tractor operator. The teenage girls were listed as runaways for four years until Charlene confessed to their murders during the 1982 trial. 
So these girls, like, they weren't even counting these girls at, like, as victims of them. They were just like, oh, they're so young. They probably just ran away. Um, and later, um, 20 years later, uh, their remains were found. And uh, it, would, it was discovered um, that they were dead, like, upon examining their bodies and their skeletal remains, <clears throat> that they were beaten to geth- death with a shovel or a hammer. And Shirlene did testify to this in court years prior. There was, when they were found, when these bodies were found, they had no idea who these girls were. And so they were like, you know what, let's do some DNA testing to confirm, like, who these, who these young ladies are. Um, and they did DNA testing, and it was confirmed um, that these were the girls. And they, it was just kind of one of those things where the families kind of always had hope that, like, it, they were just runaways, they're going to come home. And so I think this, for the family, was very, um... Hard. Yeah. I I mean, I just... I couldn't imagine, like, having hope that one day my daughter would come home and them being like, hey, we found their remains, and they were actually victims. Our next two victims are Stacy uh, Reddick and Karen Twiggs. Stacy was born on April 19, 1963, in Carson City, Nevada. Karen Twiggs uh, was born on January 19, uh, 1963, in Sacramento, California. On April 24, 1980, Gerald woke up and told his wife, I want a girl. Get up. After driving around the Sacramento suburbs, he spotted two girls, 17-year-old Karen Twiggs, and uh, 17-year-old Stacy. They were coming out of a bookstore near Sunrise Mall. And, like, when I first read Sunrise Mall, my heart just, like, sank to my ass because that's the mall that I always went to as a kid. Really? That was the, that was the mall. Like, if you were in between... So that goes Rancho Cordova, Fair Oaks, and then, like, a little bit past Fair Oaks, you get to, like, Citrus Heights and stuff like that. The Sunrise Mall was between Fair Oaks and Citrus Heights, and it was, like, literally, like, a 15-minute drive. And I, like, that was just, that was the place. Like, we, our parents would drop us off there. We'd hang out. We'd go shopping. Like, these girls were at Sunrise mm-hmm. Mall. They were just at a bookstore. And... Charlene approached the girls and um, asked them if they wanted to go smoke some weed in her van. The girls followed her back to the van where Gerald was waiting for them with a uh, magnum pistol. I have no idea what the fuck that is, but he's waiting with them for a gun. He um, commanded Charlene to drive and ordered the girls to undress. Gerald took turns, um, trigger, warning. Gerald took turns uh, raping and sexually assaulting them. Uh, after he uh, was, like, done, um, he uh, had Charlene drive to a secluded area in Nevada. And, which I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, so he's at the Sunrise Mall. 
assaulting them, and they were driving to Nevada. That's like an hour and a half drive. Really? I mean, to get to the, from there to like like uh, Reno, that that's about a, like a two hour drive. So like, yeah, I know you'll hit the border pretty quick, and a lot of that area is secluded. So I mean, it was probably only like a thirty. 45-minute drive for him to hit that Reno border, or Nevada border, I apologize. And um, he led the girls, one at a time, into the woods, carrying a uh, hammer and a shovel. He first uh, forced Charlene to uh, dig the graves, and she claimed that she saw movement, uh, and Gerald insisted that they were good and dead. Similarly, on uh, oh, similarly as a, uh, the as a Sam and Brenda, these girls uh, were found um, not until a few months later in July, um, and they were sexually abused and bludgeoned to death. And um, right before this, in like right a few months before this, he had bought or he it was like they did statistic analysis and data on like how many guns of the same making were born like are bought in that area mm-hmm. born lol bought in that area and there was only 33 buyers that bought a magnum like that so they were able to kind of like rule out a lot of people that's cool or uh, not cool but like it's cool it's cool that they thought about like yeah. hey like how many how many people actually bought, have bought a gun like this because that's a very like specific make of Model, a gun yeah. yeah well and during this time he lost another job um and he just really started gambling quite a bit like he, he just kind of did, wasn't very good with money and so he just started gambling and um, at this time, he uh, had as many affairs as he could have, and he had a relationship with Evelyn Smith, which is another lady that I chose to kind of not... Dive into? Yeah, because I'm sure she, after this, she was probably like, the fuck? Which brings us uh, to our next victim, uh, Lin- Linda Aguilar, and her birthday is... Bless you. Thank you. Her birthday is February 28th, 1959, and she was born in Clarkston, Washington. On June 7th, 1980, while traveling down the highway, Gerald and Charlene uh, spotted a lone woman hitchhiking, 21-year-old Linda Aguilera, who was four months pregnant at the time. The young woman uh, took the couple's offer for a ride and got in the van. Charlene drove, and Gerald pointed his his gun at him, his magnum that he just bought, at this pregnant woman. And after uh, a short drive, uh, he raped Linda, beat her with a rock, then made certain that she was dead and by strangling his, her lifeless body. During the autopsy it was revealed that she was still alive when he buried her. No. Oh, baby. And a lot of people debate, like, if it was 10 victims or 11 victims because she was pregnant. 
And here we go with the pro-choice, Yeah, pro I was like, are we getting into this? <laughs> um, and I, I don't, I wouldn't, I would say that it was 10 victims. That's just my personal opinion. It was 10 victims. It's very unfortunate that she was pregnant, but she was only four months pregnant, so. See, and this is where I get kind of, like, confused because, like, if it was a wanted pregnancy... It was wanted. I, I see it as 11 victims, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least, um, what was it called? Fucking... Something about killing an unborn child, but it needs to be after a certain amount of months, and it, it was right around the four, three to four month mark that that would be classified in. Yeah. As it, if it was, like, if the mother was murdered. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I don't know. It, I'm not going to touch on it, because that's another podcast that we could go... Balls deep in. Balls deep in, and mm-hmm. I don't have the energy for that. Um, so... Uh, she was buried in um, Vineland, uh, Washington, and she was buried alive. And what's crazy, like, throughout this, like, whole entire thing, Charlene gets pregnant a lot. And has abortions. Oh. Yeah, like, as she should. Like, maybe don't bring another fucking baby into this world with your type of genes and his type of genes. But, like, also abortions aren't, like birth control like why are you getting yeah pregnant? yeah that, that's another thing i'm like slap a <laughs> condom on his dick i don't give a fuck like literally pop a pill um so in Ju- july 1st 1980 um she was pregnant again however on this one it never stated if she had an abortion for this one or not huh yep and i'm gonna try not to go too much into it because I feel like their kids probably, like, are just fucked in the head, right, like, after this, so. All right, our next victim is Virginia Mochelle, and everyone called her Ginger. Oh, that's a pretty name. Yeah, um, and uh, she was born October 12th, 1945, in Fairfield, uh, California, and so on this, she was a bartender at Boggles. She was a bartender at Boggles, and um, this uh, she was actually friends with Pete, my dad's friend, and him. So, yeah. Um, so, Gerald and Charlene spent the day of July 16th, 1980, drinking uh, in West Sacramento. 31-year-old uh, Ginger was abducted from the parking lot of that Sacramento ta- tavern where she had worked as a bartender. Um... Gerald was, like, fucking loud the whole night. Like, he was very loud in the parking lot. He was very loud in the bar. Like, everyone just remembers him being fucking obnoxious because he was, he was fucking tanked. <laughs> um, so that, um, that night, closing came. They waited in the parking lot where the bartender, Ginger, came out, and Gerald forced her into her van, or his van, with his magnum, and this time, he drove the van home, rather to a remote location. Charlene waited inside, watching television. He raped Ginger, and after, Gerald made Charlene drive them to Clarksburg, that, and that's where they left her. They dumped her body in southern Sacramento County. 
That's sad. <clears throat> her skeletal remains, still bonded with nylon fishing line, were found three months later outside of Clarksburg. Sorry, I had to, like, take a minute to, like, breathe to, like, read this next line. Um, she had cord wrapped around her neck so, so fucking tight. Like, the, like you could, like, there was evidence of skin oh, um, in the cord that was wrapped around her neck. And that, that was the proof of death that she, they, she had been strangled to death. And after that one, for a short period of time, uh, Gerald and Charlotte, uh, Charlene separated. I almost called her Charlene. Almost, you know, did a real southern type of spin to it. I thought you were going to call her Charlotte, and I'm like... Almost did. <laughs> Had to re- revert myself. Um, so, Gerald and Charlene separated for, for, for some time, and she moved in with her parents. However, a few months later, um, she returned to him. And a few months later, we have our last two victims. And, like, this one kind of shocked me because I... And, and, and I'm, unfortunately, I don't have, like, birthdays on these two or, like, where they were born. Um, and, I, and I apologize. When I say I spent, too, like, so much time trying to look for any details that... I could, like, show that these are humans. These are people that he did these to. Like, I just... I, I couldn't find anything, and I'm really sor- sorry. However, this is one of his only males. Really? We have Craig Miller, and then we have Mary Elizabeth Shows. Um, While leaving a fraternity party on November 1st, 1980, 22 Craig and his fiance. 21 Elizabeth were forced into their car at gunpoint. Miller was ordered out of the car and shot. He died. His body was found near Lake uh, Bass Lake in California. Uh, the couple returned to their apartment with Elizabeth, where Gerald sexually abused her before taking her to a field in Placer County, um, where she was murdered. And that, that, was, that was a lot at once right there. So now I'm going to review it again and kind of break it down a little bit slower. Because that's... I just, like, I was kind of in shock. I was like, wow, what balls to not only grab a woman but a man at the same time? Yeah. I was like, they're just not giving a fuck no more. Mm-mm. So they were leaving the, the fraternity party and... They were standing on the side of the street. Craig and Mary were standing on the side of the street. Um, And in his most brazen attempt, Gerald got out of the car and walked right up to them, pulled out his gun, pointed it at the couple's face, told them, get in the car. Um, Unfortunately for Gerald, friends of the young couple saw them do this, wrote down their license plate, what type of vehicle it was, and they 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 drove they drove off. Uh, Gerald commanded Craig to get out of the car. The young man was shot, and um, Gerald then got back into his car, and th- there there was some description. However, 
I, I, I don't know if it was true because, like, we weren't there, but it was said that Gerald had the young man walk in front of his car, and um, the young man looked up through the windscreen and just, like, dead stared his fiance in the eyes. Mm. And um, kind of his fiance just looked at him back in horror, and Gerald fired two shots at Craig's head, and he dropped... And his li- he left his lifeless body on the ground. Gerald got back into the vehicle and ordered Charlene to drive to their apartment. Once they were there, Gerald took... I hate how in this... Like, when I was looking for research, they called a lot of the um, victims sex slaves. Mm-mm. And I was kind of just like, no... They were victims. They yeah. had names. Like, these women had names. Yeah. He took... Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth, who was 21 years old, had a fiancé into the bedroom, raped her for hours on end, and then ordered Charlene to drive to a rural area, and once we were there, ordered Mary Elizabeth to get out of the car, and he shot her three times point-blank range. Yeah. So, you might ask, wait a minute, you said... They're friends. This couple's friends saw them and took down information. You're right. And guess what? They turned that shit over to the cops almost immediately. Almost immediately. And there was um, another friend, Andy, who had witnessed this kidnapping. Not only did he witness the fucking kidnapping he witnessed Gerald shoot Craig in the head yeah and Andy at this time gave police the license plate and description of both uh, of these fucking assholes of both Gerald and Charlene and said this is what they look like on November 17th, 1980. They were arrested. Fucking finally. They were arrested. However, Shailene's parents were wiring mo- them money so and to get them out of jail. To get them Why? bonded. Yep. To get them bonded. Oh. Let's get into the trial. Getting through the trial, getting through the investigation now. You ready? No. This is where... This is where I think I get the most frustrated because I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, all of this happened, 11, for, for, for sake of that baby was four months old or four, like whatever, in the tummy of that person, there was 11 victims, okay? 10 to 11 victims. Charlene struck a deal with law enforcement. This motherfucking bitch struck a deal with law enforcement. How? Money talks. Her family had money. And she rolled over like a fucking dog and gave him, gave these, like, basically played the martyr. Was like, no, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. He made me. He put a gun to my head. And it's like. No, baby. No. It took a while for uh, prosecutors to, like, arrange for her, like, plea Um, guilty to the murders of Craig, Mary Beth, uh, in exchange for her plea, 
her testimony against Gerald, um, she was given a sentence of 16 years and eight months, which was the minimum time to which she could be sentenced in California for first-degree murder. That's it. That's oh, it? Oh, baby, baby. She didn't spend 16 years in prison at all. Of course not. She spent 12. She spent 12 fucking years in prison. We'll get to that in a minute, though. So she struck... Because, you have to remember, we have two states here. We have Nevada and California. She just pled guilty in California for Craig and for Mary Elizabeth's murder. Okay? Right. We still have all those bodies in Nevada. So this cunt struck a similar deal with Nevada authorities, pleading guilty to the second-degree murder of Karen Twiggs and Stacy. Because you have to remember, at this time, there was a few bodies unaccounted for. Right. Because they were missing. Um, and then she received the same sentencing as California she did for Nevada. Then you have to remember, we also have some crossing into Washington and Oregon stuff going on. Yeah. Oregon prosecutors decided to let California and Nevada bear these expenses in the investigation and trial and declined to file charges. What? Yeah. So because they didn't really want to spend the money to do the investigation or, like, the trial and everything. They're like, you know what, Nevada and California, you guys got that, right? Like, you're going to handle that? Sick. Go ahead and handle that. Authorities in California were not happy with the plea bargain and tried um, to have it, like, withdrawn. But in late 1983, a Sacramento um, Superior Court judge dropped the charges oh against Shirlene for the Miller, and, uh, for, for Craig Miller and for Elizabeth, or for Mary Elizabeth. Like, how? That's the one you have the most evidence on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, they were like, we're still going to charge Gerald on that. We're going to drop her part for it because she's going to turn and testify against him. But we're going we're gonna to drop her portion to that. Fuck off. So, Gerald. Fucking Gerald. I love it when these entitled pieces of shit are like, I don't need an attorney. <laughs> I'm going to be my own attorney. Yeah. I'm like, fucking sick, bro. Like, you're, I love it. Like, I, I'm sorry, but, like, Ted, Bun Ted Bundy, he was his own. Yeah. And I'm like, that just shows them that you're a cocky fucking asshole who thinks that they're, you're not going to get caught. Yeah. And guess what, bitch? You're, you're going to get caught. Yeah. Like, you're already caught. You sitting there. Anyways, he's his own, he's his own attorney. Gerald decides. In his opening statement that he made, he completely, like, had a, like, he just, he was a fucking asshole about it and was pretty much like, do I look like a killer to you? Yes. What, I, could I have, like, you know how they do that type of thing? Yeah. And he spun this whole fucking tale, however, 
little did this stupid asshole know he was, like, further, like, damaging his own case and credibility. And, um, he, he was like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Jay just texted me. No, you're, uh, you want to text her back? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So he was, like, damaging his own case and his own credibility. Um, and, um, he did cross-examine Shirlene for six days. Six days. It, he, they allowed this asshole to cross-examine Shirlene for six fucking days. And I'm like, I just, I don't understand. Wait, 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 wait. They weren't actually legally married though, right? No. Oh, Okay. Because I was like, no, uh, that's, that's illegal. illegal. <laughs> no, they're not married. You have to remember. That's right. They're not legally married because he's, he never got a divorce from his previous wife. Ooh. So, during the uh, prosecution's questioning, Shalene had offered uh, a defense for her lack of action. Um, she had been afraid of Gerald, she said. He beat her and he treated and he threatened her and he treated her poorly. He demanded that... Uh, he kept all the money she made, and when she expressed doubt or displeasure, she testified that he, like, slammed her against a wall and um, saying that she wasn't the girl with heart. He and, he and he just, like, fucking just destroyed her, apparently. But she lived. Yeah, I'm like, bitch, ha- there are fucking ten people dead because of you two. Yeah. And what? Like, No. No. And anyways, during his cross-examination, Gerald um, tried to undermine her credibility, offering as evidence a uh, love note she had written him after the capture. He portrayed her as an unstable drug addict um, and got her to admit that she did enjoy it because uh, lesbian affairs. That she got to have. Oh, my God. Yeah. On the final day of the trial, Gerald uh, came to this point. (sighs) Miss Gallegos, or Miss Gallegos. Gallegos? Gallegos? Gallegos. Gallegos, thank you. Where the fuck? Miss Gallegos, he said, isn't the bottom line of your deal to blame... The uh, both of these murders on me to save yourself. Shailene uh, shouted back, no, it is not. It seemed unthinkable that Jared, Gerald could do anything to further undermine his own defense. But guess what? He did. He did. Uh, he then put himself on the... F- he put himself on the stand. He put himself <laughs> on the stand. He just asked himself questions. Did you do this? No, 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 God, no. Why would I ever? No, yeah. This, I don't look like a murderer. Yeah. This fucking idiot put himself on the stand, which allowed prosecutors to catch him in countless lies. <sighs> in his closing statement, he had admitted he had taken a legal licking. I don't know what that means, but, like, it can't be great. Well, I mean, Dude, like, a, you legal, fucked up. a legal licking or, like, a licking is, like... A beating, basically. Yeah, well, he got his shit rocked in court because he's a fucking idiot. Should have got a lawyer. 
Um, but then ask the jury to believe him on faith, if nothing else. I love it when people are like, have faith. Like, you got to have faith. Like, no, I don't. No. like, I, And I don't. And, like... I've seen the worst of people. Like, why would I believe yeah. you? And also, like, there's some pretty hardcore evidence. Like, you just fucked up. Following, in the California trial, Gerald uh, was charged in Nevada with the murders of Stacy and Karen... Brenda and Sandra. Um, and at this point, we have to remember, Brenda and Sandra's bodies have not been found. However, on trial, Charlene fucking stated them. Like, Charlene's dumb ass. Thank God for it, by the way, so that this family can have some peace. On the trial, she started stating all of her victims and stated these two women, stated Brenda and Sandra, and the whole court was like, Who? What? We don't have them. Like, like, what? And admitted right then and there, there are two more victims out there. Which I'm like, congratulations. You're, you're fucking stupid, but thank you for being that stupid. So the state's uh, best evidence um, kind of relied on Stacy's and Karen's case. Yeah. Charlene had led investigators to a ball of, like, white rope type of stuff in Gerald's car and that was the same rope that matched the bindings of Stacy and Karen's hands and feet Gerald's second child began on May 23rd 1984 in Nevada in Persian County Nevada this time he led a public defender Gary handle his case, which I'm like, I'm like, dude, you, his strategy was try to discredit Charlene's testimony, a star witness. Uh, she gave a detailed account of her last hours of like of the last hours of Stacy and Karen. And unfortunately, Gary, this public defender here had no luck of swaying the jurors of what Gerald had done. Well, of fucking course not. Took him two and a half hours. Damn. To do the verdict, which was guilty. Gerald was again sentenced to death, becoming one of the few American criminals to be put on death row in two states at the same time. Yeah. Which I'm like, whatever. Like, oh well. Fuck him. Fuck her. Anyways, Charlene testified against him, and in exchange, she was not charged in California, but she agreed to plead guilty for these murders, and um, she served a sentence of, of 12 fucking years in Nevada. Gerald was convicted in both states and was sentenced to death in both states. His death sentence in Nevada was overturned in 1999. Uh, and he won the right to a new sentence and hearing, but guess what? He died before he could have it? Nope. They still sentenced him to death. Oh. <laughs> they right. still were like, fuck you. You're still, you still need to die. And on July... Was it July? Yeah, July. Yeah, July 18th. Oh, two. At the age of crispy 55, 
serving his time in Ely State Prison in Nevada, Gerald died of cancer. Can I please tell you what type of cancer he had? Anal cancer? He had rectum cancer, he had liver cancer, and he had lung cancer. And, and the, the fucking yeah. prison refused to treat him, so he died in pain. Severe pain. At the age of 55. Damn, that's a lot of cancer. That's a... Fucking rotten from the inside out, bruh. Like, yeah. I was kind of, like, excited. I was like, yee, boy, like, you deserve to die. I mean, I would have I loved for the families to take a crack at you, but whatever. So Charlene was released from prison in Nevada of July of 1997. Charlene... Um, is known like is known since like the mid eighties by her maiden name of Charlene Williams, um, and she did not tell authorities where she was headed, but agreed to register as a felon wherever she took residence. She didn't do it, did she? Mercedes Williams, who raised her son, um, Charlene's born Charlene's baby that was born in prison. Remember? Oh, she got pregnant. Yeah. She didn't abort that one. She kept it. Oh. And then when she was in jail, gave birth to it, and her mom, Mercedes, had to raise her child. I didn't want to bring in the child's name. I don't want to bring any of that into his life because I'm sure. Whatever. Anyways, um, Charlene had sta- like said, like, I'm going to leave California and I will not return. That was a lie. <laughs> that was a fucking lie. Mary Martinez, otherwise known as Charlene Williams, is oh. now residing in Fair Oaks, California. She's still alive. She is still alive. Fair Oaks, California. You are staying smack dab in the middle where you abducted all of most of these women. The two girls from Rancho Cordova, the two girls from Sunrise Mall. You live fucking 10 minutes from the Sunrise Mall. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mary Martinez. Anyways, once Mary Martinez, oh, I'm sorry, Charlene got out of jail, she decided that she wanted to be a part of the change and she wanted to help out and like be a part of the Wounded Warrior Project. I didn't really look up what that was. It's basically like, um, for veterans? For, yeah, wounded veterans. Okay, so she wanted to be a part of the Wounded Warrior Project. Well, guess what? She scammed one of the murdered family members out of donations. Yeah. So one of the family members, like some of the family members were like, you know, it, it is a great support system, I guess, for veterans. Yeah. Um, so they were like donating to Charlene and she, she fucking scammed them out of money, out of their donations for this project. What? Like, how fucking evil can you be? Like, I just... Anyways, some of my sources that I (laughs) kind of went through uh, was Murderedpedia, uh, criminalminds.fandom. All uh, all that is interesting. uh, M-A-A-M-O-D-T... Whatever it's like an education psychology reference source, uh, which is peer reviewed. 
Um, uh, again, another source from all that is interesting. And uh, Las Vegas Sun and then also Jamie Hammond was a lot of my reference because he knew a lot of this case. Thanks, so, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, um, what pieces of shit, am I right? God damn. And, like, I was talking to my dad because my dad was, like, again, talking to this elderly lady, trying to get her shit fixed, and he was, she was like, yeah, I live right next to a murderer. And after my dad looked up who Charlene was, like, he was just like, I can't believe that this old lady was just, like, so nonchalant about, yeah, I live next to a murderer. She's right over there. Like, piece of shit. No one in the neighborhood likes her. I'm like, then, then, what? Like, (laughs) excuse me? Like, anyways, um, uh, they had all the wrong answers. And even, even the fucking trial had all the wrong answers. 12 years. This bitch served 12 years, 12. And she's out free. So. Oh God. That's all I have today, folks. Come back next time, I guess. Maybe. Please.